You are listening to the Money Attic podcast courtesy of Vijana 2.0 initiative. Hi everyone, I'm Agla Wandurwa and I'm your host. Now this is a show where it's all things money starting from finances and investments. We get to learn all about budgets and the mistakes that we make when it comes to money. Now this is a safe space where we drop our old money habits and adopt new ones that are actually good for us. We get lessons that are not taught in schools on how to make money work for you. Now the only way you can know that you're surely ready for this episode and so much more is by practically listening and taking notes. We have a very fantastic guest with us today. He is Blessing Edamakiota from Nigeria. Now he is a financial inclusion enthusiast, corporate planner, a skilled business intelligence analyst and a managing partner of Skill Factory in Africa. Now this year is going to be interesting and packed with knowledge and the topic is managing money in your small business. So Blessing, do tell us about yourself and and exactly what you're doing. Thank you very much, uh, Egla. Uh, first of all, I want to appreciate uh, the organizer of this event, Grace Wazwa. She is uh, a wonderful person. I I have been following the the Vijana Tupo Initiative podcast for a while now, and I must say you guys are doing a very, very, very great work. Kudos to Grace Wazna and the team. So. Uh, like Egla said, I am blessing. And of course, the corporate planner strategist for one of the financial institutions in Nigeria, and of course, the largest in West Africa. Yes, I have about 10 years of solid experience in information technology, management, information system, planning, auditing, and of course, a business transformation. And of course, in 2014, I was awarded the Managing Director's Award for the best staff in my category. I'm also the Nigerian representative of the NAT Global Entrepreneurs Group. Uh, the group is supposed to revolutionize the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Africa in order to enable Africans to benefit concretely from the wealth of their continent. So we are redefining support for innovative entrepreneurship. So um, in, the, in the last uh, five to six years, I've been focused in training um, business owners and, of course, entrepreneurs on financial literacy, uh, skill, um, uh, leadership skills, system management, application management, and what have you. What have you. And I'm passionate about giving business solutions to create optimal productivity and various institutions. And I'm also very passionate in helping less privileged in the society and improving life in general. Thank you very much for having me once again. Yeah, thank you. That is really great. You know, your profile does, you know, it talks a lot about whatever you're doing and it is very beneficial. So it's actually nice having you here because we are going to learn a lot from you. Now, in terms of a small business, as a small business owner, this is something that is usually in discussion. Do you think that a small business owner should um, do everything on their own or should they have their own team, like a team that, you know, someone who's actually doing accounting, someone else doing management and all those other things? Thank you very much for that question. 
um, as a small business owner, one of the strategies that I give, because as part of what I do, I also have small businesses to organize their structure. So as a small business, you should not be so interested in getting people on board as a member of your team. Start small. You do not have to, to, to employ so many persons. No, no, no. Um, you, can, you can be the managing director and be the CFO or chief financial officer and be the publicity king first. Before you, once you have scale, before you can start uh, bringing people on board. Yes, you can collaborate with people. Collaboration in the, in the sense that you do not have to employ them to, to have them on, on paid employment. But when you collaborate with these people, they share their expertise with you. So you guys can probably just do business on a collaborative level, not really on paid employment. So I advise small businesses, you're starting as you are starting, you do not need the crowd for, you don't have to increase your, your base, uh, your staff strength. You do not need them for now. Uh, in working on your finances, like the accounting part of it, you can get a software that can help you do the accounting processes. You can just get a, probably a consultant, not a paid consultant, a consultant that will just help you and tell you on how to do this. Do not need the, the entire team on board when you are starting up. But I can assure you, you will need them as you begin to scale. That's for sure. I love that you're talking about don't really need to expand that much and hire you know a lot of personnel you could do some things on your own or get advice especially from someone who has done something similar and i was also thinking they could be doing a lot of research on how to handle things on their own because you're actually trying to minimize on the cost now to actually connect with what you said do you think that it is wise to hire okay not to hire necessarily but to include your family members in your business. Maybe you're starting a small business and the one who's actually your consultant or someone who's going to be helping in some of the things is your family. Is that something that um, is nice for a business? Okay, thank you very much for that question, Edla. So uh, I, I tend to tell, advise people, if you know you cannot control your family members in your business, don't hire them. Why? What? What do I mean by control? You, yes, there's a case for, uh, there are cases where you begin to say, this is my elder brother, this is my younger brother, I can't treat this person the way I treat others. If you know you cannot do the same, um, you can't do the same for your brother, don't hire this person. So I have an example. There's a company that I, will, I was working with at the time. Um, I was working as a consultant. I was, I was trying to help them um, with their structure, uh, I saw the 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 boy that that uh, the managing director employed is a friend of his in school. It was very, they were very close, like they were like brothers. You can you can call them brothers. Uh, they lived in the same room, they ate the same food, and they were together for almost a decade. And now uh, this other guy is now the managing director of, of a big company, and he employed the services of this, his friend, that they were together. After a year, 
uh, they discovered that they were, they, were, they were low in profits and some, some, some other, um, they were low in some deliverables. So he invited me and asked me to come and do uh, an overhaul in his business. So I told him, when I had a conversation with that, his friend, that is now working for him, I discovered that that his friend is, was very, is a very rude person, not just rude, he takes things for granted. Uh, he doesn't deliver, deliver on, on assigned tasks, KPIs and all that. So when you ask him to do this, he ignores and just go about doing something else. And when you ask, why are you not delivering on this task? He, will, he probably will not just answer you and go, go, up, go upstairs to meet the managing director and tell the managing director that he doesn't like what this consultant is doing. Uh, the consultant is making him feel, feel in a certain way. And the managing director in turn now calls me and asks, why are you talking to my guy, my friend like this? He's my friend and we have been together in this. I said, this is the problem of your business. This is the problem. You have this guy here. He's not delivering, but because you don't want to hurt him, you are hurting your business. In another case, uh, at the time, he, when I explained all this through some processes that I took him through, you know, say, yes, it's true. Say, but what will I do now? Say, ah, it's either you, you put him on the same level at which you treat other workers or you fire him. So in this case, I advise, if you know you cannot control your family members in your business, do not get them involved. But if you can, set the same deliverables that you set for other employees, for your brother or for your sister or for your wife. So in some, in some other businesses, they just, they just take that away. They ask the, the family members, say, please, no, 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 don't come. But to me, I'm an African person. I don't advise that you send your family away. No. Before they come into the business, set down proper rules and regulations. The, 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 your staff book that is applicable to every other staff should be applicable to either your brother, your sister, or any part of your family member. So take your time to uh, educate them on these KPIs. So when they, do, when they miss one or two KPIs, a query is issued to them. And when a query is issued to them, after the third time, uh, a suspension letter is issued to them. After suspension, you terminate the appointment. That is, if they keep doing what they are doing, that is the way to move. That is my advice for small business owners. If you have your, if you have your family members on the business, uh, set the rules, the same rules that applies to other staff, give it to them. But if you know you can't handle that, or because of emotion, because we tend to be emotional beings, because of emotion, you say, no, no, I can't do this to my wife. Kindly ask them to leave or set up another business for them if you are that, if you are very interested in that. So that's, that's my take on that. That is actually wonderful. You know, actually not mixing the family emotion with whatever you're doing. You're trying to make it as professional as possible because you want your business to actually do well. Yeah. So I love how you've made us distinguish between um, this is a business, I shouldn't be this lenient. I should, you know, maintain the kind of standards I would want for any other person that's joining. So that is actually mm -hmm. very wonderful. Now, on the, on the issue of mistakes, yeah. what, are the, what are some of the financial trends that you have seen that are actually affecting small businesses? Okay. So uh, some of the trends that I have seen that people 
had not, uh, especially in the financial space, had not really taken advantage of is I have a list of them. I have so much, but I'll just touch on a few of them. Some trends that have not been seen or that we currently seen, but we are not uh, we are not taking advantage of it. And my friend will say, use the trend to your advantage. Don't allow the trend to use you. So use the trend for your advantage. Don't allow the trend to use you. So for small businesses, you must have a digital footprint. Footprints are digital footprints are one of the trends that helps uh, helps small business to scale these days. Because of the pandemic and some of the issues that happened last year, so many business, so many small business actually went underwater. The clothes shop. Why? Because they were, they were not taking advantage of the digital economy. Uh, you don't have a digital footprint. I can't find your business online and you want to sell. And there's, there's currently lockdown. They set out lockdown in, lockdown restrictions in various countries. And people cannot go out. How do they patronize you? Or how do they use your product? That is one of the trends, the digital footprint. The second one is technology. See, what I say to people, this is a quote that I got from, my, uh, from one of my mentors. He said, people say, uh, uh, my company, I use technology to drive my business. No. In this current age and trend, you are a technology company that offers the, ver the various products or services that you do. You are not a product or you are not a company that, 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 uh, that, that produces, that gives this product and leveraging technology. No, you are a technology company that offers this product. So you must understand that in this age, you don't, you, you don't just, you, you don't think that you, uh, technology is an option. Uh -uh. Technology is the only option. You must build your business around technology. So how do you serve your customers? Is it, is it technology driven? If your business is not, is not technology driven, you will not scale. As a matter of fact, one of the trends that we had, 67% of small business fail within the first 10 years of doing business. 67% of small business fails within the first 10 years. So that was the trend then. Now it has increased to over 70% because of technology. So if you are not a technology-driven company, be it small business or large business, just have it in mind that you will not scale. So the third one is, one of the trends that we are not, uh, people have not started maximizing is the reviews. See, friends, if you have a small business, ask for review. Let them, let your customers, once you have offered that services to them, once you have given them that product and they like it, they should document that review and send to you. Those reviews should be documented and sent to you. Reviews are important in business. Then I've, at, the, at the beginning, I talked about collaboration. You must uh, embrace collaboration. Then lastly, you must be flexible. You must be flexible. These are trends. So, so just to repeat what I said, I talked about the digital footprint. Uh, I talked about asking for reviews. I talked about technology. I talked about collaboration. I thought about technology. 
and I also talked about flexibility in doing business. These are some trends, there are a whole lot, but these are some that you take seriously in your business and you see yourself scale within the shortest possible time. Wow, thank you so much. You mean 70% of small businesses actually fail within yes. a span of 10 years? Yes. What? That is really alarming. And I love that you've talked about the whole issue on the digital economy and footprints because I was actually going to talk about it, you know, incorporating the use of digital marketing. So it is safe to say that in your indulging in digital marketing at this era is actually the best thing you can do. It's actually being safe because I love how you've talked about the pandemic. It does bring the issue of about being flexible, you know, because right now you're not going to be going to a shoe shop maybe and you'd want to order it online because of the much restriction. So, yeah, for sure, digital marketing should be included as well. So what is your take on digital marketing? You know, not just being involved um, in technology, but marketing your business yes. online. Yes. Thank, thank you very much for for that question. So uh, when I when I hear people uh, tell me that they are they are small they are small business owner owner and they sell this and they sell that, the first thing I ask is, what is your budget for digital marketing? What is your budget for that? Because in this present economy, if you do not have a budget for marketing, not just marketing, digital marketing you probably will still join the trend that are failing. So you must take your, um, your uh, I, I would like to mention here so that you just begin to take it seriously. First of all, ensure that your page, you, your, your page on probably Instagram or, or Facebook or Twitter is full of your product and you are advertising this product there. You must set out a budget that you will use in doing ads so that people can begin to see your business or begin to see the product that you're selling. You must have a budget. Set out a budget for digital marketing. If you're serious about scaling up, if you're serious about your, your business, if you're serious about moving in the speed at which you want to move, Digital marketing is your way. You must learn how to do email marketing. You must learn how to do Facebook advertising. You must learn how to do Instagram advertising. You must learn how to use uh, the search engine optimization. These are skill tools and skills that you need to improve your business, especially in this digital economy. So digital marketing is a king for you. It should be one of the major um, the major tasks that your business will need, you will begin to do that will help your business scale in this uh, in this in this present economy that we have. Yes, yes, for sure. I love those points that you've highlighted. You know, having your page full of your products, and you know, having a budget for your adverts, email marketing, and SEOs and all that. That is actually very interesting for sure. Now, is it wise to take up classes related to business management and the whole issue on digital marketing and basically learning from people and books because you actually want to be enlightened, you know? We talked about trying to minimize your personnel, so you actually want to try and do all this on your own. So is it actually wise to take up some, you know, you can buy some e-books or take up some classes related to that field? Yes, 
Thank you very much for that question. So I, I advise people that uh, if you are not learning, you're failing. If you are not learning, you're failing. So as a small business owner, you, you should be on the wheels of learning. You need to equip yourself for what you are faced with, what you're targeting. Business is not, um, is not uh, a one-way um, growth that you can just go up to the university. An example is you just go to a university um, at 100 level. We know that if you read very well, you will pass. If you don't read so much, you will fail. Business is not operating like, it's not, it's not like that. You must engage yourself in diverse fields. So you must learn how to, how to uh, sell. You must learn, there's an act of selling. You must learn how to sell. You must learn how to negotiate. You must take classes on presentation skills. You must take classes on personal, on, um, on public speaking. You must take classes on proposal writing. So uh, these are a whole lot that you begin, you have to begin to take uh, seriously as you move in your businesses, so in, in your business. Because if you do not know this, this, trust me, uh, you are at the verge of being used. But people can come to you and say all sorts to you because you don't have clarity, you don't have basic knowledge of these things. They will, like a friend of mine will say, bamboozle. Bamboozle is a term that they use and deceive you into buying into a process that has no business, that has nothing to do with your business. So you must learn how to, uh, you must read, take up a whole lot of courses. Most of them are free. And we, we, I'm very happy with what the COVID has done. So many courses are not coming on free. Uh, an example is Vijana Tupo. In Vijana Tupo initiative, here you have various courses and various um, podcasts that will teach you. They have on personal development. They have on, so they have a whole lot. Aside Vijana Tupo, we are Skill Factory Africa. We have courses that will help you scale. So some of them are free, some of them are paid. But what the pandemic has taught us, has done, is they have opened the, the, the vault. So you can go up online and have what you, were, what you were supposed to have paid three, four years ago, they are now basically free. So what you would have got, what you, some of these skills that you would have gotten, or that, you'd have, that would have gotten and helped you to refine and build your business in the last four or five years, they are now basically free. So you identify, a small business owner, identify yourself with a platform or an organization that is interested in your growth. An example is the Vijana Tupo Initiative. See, I'm coming all the way from Nigeria to, to speak on this platform for you to listen for completely zero charge. You identify with Vijana Tupo and ask them, how do I improve my business? What courses should I learn? What do you think I need? And I'm saying some of these courses as I'm teaching here. Begin to identify yourself and take these courses, take these um, master classes and use them for your own, uh, for your own, uh, for your business. If you don't do that, and trust me, in the next 
five years, you will not be in business. You must upgrade, refine, upgrade again, refine. It's a continuous cyclic motion. So you must upgrade, refine, read, upgrade, refine, read again, upgrade, refine. Just like that, you must keep doing that. You must keep spinning the wheel. You must keep spinning the wheel as you stay in business. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. You know, I love that you're actually showing some positives to this pandemic. You know, it's not all negative because like you've said, there are a lot of free things that I imagine, like those courses, you can find them on Google. You can find them literally anywhere. And actually, Vijana Tupu is actually providing that. And that is so true. Now, um, when you say, okay, when you talk about expanding in general when you're having a small business do you think you should stay focused on your niche or should you try and expand sometimes you know do you think you should be able to stagnate on one niche every time or what what what, what could you do about it thank you very much for that question so i i advise people like i said before i am an advisor advise small business owners on how to scale and I provide solutions to most of their problems. So what I say to people is um, create a focus. When you focus for a long time, uh, it doesn't have to be too long, but uh, people should know you for a particular brand that you sell or a product that you sell. So an example is uh, um, maybe uh, a cement factory. Uh, we have that in Nigeria. Uh, Dangote is the richest uh, black African. Yes, he's the richest. He's from Nigeria. He started with the cement. But right now, we have Dangote uh, 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 noodles. We have Dangote salt. We have Dangote sugar. We have a whole lot. But when you think of Dangote, you are not thinking about others that he has, you're thinking about him, the first brand that he came with, which is the cement factory. So I ask people, or I tell small business owners, my friend, hold on on that niche. Focus on that, your niche market. Stay there long enough that people will begin to show light on that before you diversify. Because what, people, what we get to see in small businesses after a year or two, um, they will begin to diversify into other 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 um, businesses. Why that is not so bad in itself? You need capacity to be able to do that, and not you don't have to use your strength to push those initiatives. So, but when you when you are starting, and after a year and you've not gotten so big, you want to go, you you have what we call the divided attention. Then as you are moving, you, you, you're trying to diversify into other, you are killing the parent company. You are suffocating the parent company. Even when you put somebody there, it will, not as, it will not be as strong as when you were. So I tell people, get enough footings on your small business. Stay there long enough that when you leave, you will probably you will test. Because what people don't do is that they don't test. When you start a small business, stay up for a while and just take a back seat in the, in the operation of the business and see 
if everything will go on smoothly. It is when you take a back seat from that your business and it goes on smoothly before you know that you are ready to diversify. So an example is that you stayed long in the in a cement business, an example, and you have, you've been the managing director, you've been the head of affairs, you have been the one doing that, doing this, and as you grow, you now, as you grow, you now employ other persons, maybe you now have uh, a COO, a CFO, um, a, a marketing executive, and all that. Then you now take a back seat and leave the business for a while and allow this business to operate. When you do that, and your business is still standing, profits is coming, everything is still okay. It, it means that you cannot take yourself away from that business and begin to focus on others while putting an eye in the original business. But when you're just starting, focus on what you're doing now, create so much um, attention on what you're doing right now, create so much energy, drag people, put so much eyes in that business that you're doing currently. And when you scale, when you scale, you can be able to diversify appropriately into various business that you want to go into. That is great for sure. Thank you so much about that. You know, it's actually very interesting about building your brand and people get to know you for you and the kind of product that you're starting with. And then later you can actually, you know, diversify and do what you want. I love that you're taking some steps into that and you're not just fully getting into every, every kind of thing. You're starting with candles, you're starting this, this and that. So that's pretty interesting for sure. Yes. Now, how do you wisely use your profits from your small business? You know, the whole planning technique, but let's say, should you have your own salary what percent goes back to the business? What percent goes back to expanding the business and trying to find the inventory? What do you think should be like a nice planning technique and strategy about it? All right. Thank you very much for that question. So I, I, I advise people that uh, in planning your profit, you must uh, take into cognizance various, uh, various tools. You need tools to do this. So revenue comes into an account A. Open an extra three to four accounts. So once any profit hits that account, or yes, once any revenue or profit hits that account, the money spreads. So a percentage, you take um, um, 40 to 50% is going back to the business, ladies and gentlemen half of that profit should go back into that your business for expansion. Then 30%, you keep it in the bank. Keep it. It is that 20% you begin, you, you have the balance 20% that you share. So it is a 50, 30, 20% rule, rule to me. 50% goes back into the business. 30% is for emergencies. 20% is what you should you use in maintaining and maintaining yourself and of course pay shareholders in the cases where you have shareholders or, or, or um, investors. So 50% goes back to this business. And when I say 50% goes back into the business, 50% goes back to some of the debts that you, you have 
that you have to service uh, some of the out of that 50%, some new products that you are going to produce, but you must return 50% back into the business. But there are some um, very high-level, rugged uh, small business owners. It takes 70% right into back into the business, and they keep 30% for emergencies. The emergency is still for the business. So it's not like the emergency for their personal stuff. No, the emergency for the, is for the business. So an example is when the supplier, when you are to supply um, um, a very large number of product, you probably need liquidity. You need um, funds to be able to produce those uh, uh, those products. So that thirty percent is for is still for the business. So but. Like I said, some, some rugged entrepreneurs or small business owners, they take back 70% to the business and 30%, they have no profit to themselves. So they roll this cycle, they keep rolling this cycle, and the business becomes so big. In five years, you just discover that the business that started five years ago is now rolling on millions of millions of profits. And at that level, they can now break down model again into begin to take some percentage for themselves. So for me, the 50, uh, the, the 50, 30, uh, 20 percent rule is for the average um, small business owner. But if you want to go up higher, you want to become uh, a lord in that business, like a friend of mine would call it, say Piper, you take 70 percent back into the business and 30 percent for emergency. Oh, thank you. That's great, you know. Have actually created this nice um, illustration. Yeah. What should should go back to the business? What should be used for emergency? That's actually nice. And I feel like having a proper financial plan is actually going to help you. And it's better to actually have something written down and follow up instead of going with the flow and saying today I'm going to take fifty percent back and fifty percent I'm going to go and use it like you know for my salary. You're not putting the business into consideration to be honest. Yeah. Now I love that for sure. Now let's go back to the whole issue on target audience and I'm going to ask two questions. So number one, when you're starting your business, how do you determine your target audience? Number two, is your family and are your friends your target audience? And the reason I'm asking this is because when you start a small business, you have this tendency of believing that your first customers should be your family and your friends. You just expect them to pop up and buy your products. You expect them to have that need. So when you're starting, should you expect that they're your target audience, one? And number two, who should be your target audience then? And how do you determine that? Thank you very much uh, for that question. So um, I like the question, actually. I do like the question. So first of all, you want to know who is your target audience. Uh, people, what, what I find out about small business is that uh, people tend to uh, worry about the reason they create a business than what the customer is want, wanting to buy the product from. So you, you have a business. The reason why a customer wants to buy from you is not the reason you created the business. You might have a passion for it. The customer is looking for a, a product that will solve his or her problem. So the first thing you should do 
is to begin to do research. You must research. You can have, you can create a simple survey. What does the customer want? What, 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 just, just throw it across. Begin to ask questions, intelligent questions. To ask, okay, what do you want? If you solve this problem, what does this, what would this do for you? And begin to ask questions and begin to find out from your environment. You don't begin to solve a problem. So what, what people get to do, they solve a problem of another country and leave what they are supposed to be solving, leave um, their local market. No. It makes you look more of you are not in control of what's happening. So within your environment, you must be able to identify a problem and look at the people that are suffering from that problem. So an example is a, a financial institution that I work with, a microfinance, uh, a microfinance bank. They saw a problem. They discovered that um, banks, commercial banks, the big banks, do not offer loans to small business owners. Reasons because they don't have the, the requirements. And one of those requirements, they don't have proper bank statement, they don't have the, the, uh, the cash flow book, uh, they don't have so many of those uh, requirements that they ask. There's no security on those loans. So commercial banks, the big banks, stay away from such business. So they don't, they don't give them loans. The informal sector, they don't. They will just withdraw themselves away from it and say, no, no, you don't have the requirements, so we can. So a, a man called uh, Mr. Godwin Egyamoso in Nigeria, he saw this as a problem. He's the founder of Lapo Microfinance Bank. So he saw this as a problem. And he, he went to these people and began to ask them intelligent questions. What do you have? So uh, they, they, began to, they, they began to answer, I have small business, I'm selling this, I'm selling this at the roadside, I'm doing this. So, okay, if we give you this money, if we give you this money, how will you pay back? Say, I will be paying small, small from the um, revenue I get from this small business. But you don't have security. And I don't have security, but I have integrity. Uh, so, it is, and I also have uh, people that know me in this environment. So, uh, instead of asking for a, a, a plot of land, uh, the papers of a plot of land, we can ask, okay, the people around you, can they guarantee that you are staying in this locality? If they guarantee, you will offer you this loan. So the founder of Lapo Microfinance, well, he created that loan process for low, small business owners that are below, uh, at the bottom of the pyramid, that don't have these requirements that the commercial banks are asking after. And this man created a, 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 a solution for that problem. Today, he has over 5 million clients. 5 million on that bucket list. Nigeria is over 200 million. He has attended to over 5 million or so. So that is how to find your target market. What are the pain points of these people? Begin to ask intelligent questions. You can create a survey. And that survey will give you further insight on how to know where your customers are. That is one. Then two, you also ask a question on, are your family members um, your target audience? 
<laughs> uh, we have this in, Niger in Africa that uh, when your family members are not patronizing you, uh, meaning they, are, they don't, that your business is not scalable. That might not be entirely true in itself. It might not be entirely true, but we also advise that it is, it is okay for your family members to buy into your business, right? Uh, it is okay for them, but they are not totally your target audience. No, they are not. Uh -huh. But it gets to a point that they begin, begin when you begin to scale, you begin to see reasons why uh, some of these things that you do matches with what they want. So but at that moment, it might not be your target audience. An example is what I just gave in Nigeria. Now, the founder of Lapu Microfinance Bank, he was, his family members are not less privileged. He was, the family were, were good and okay. So they do not have to come and take loans from him. But one thing that your family members will do is to support you in this so that uh, you can scale. Because if you don't have support from your family members, uh, it, is, it, is, it is more likely that you will fail because you don't have encouragement. Maybe your wife, your, your, just, that's just an example, or maybe your brothers, your sisters, nobody, everybody's looking down on you. That begins to affect your mental health. And when it's affecting your mental health, your business plan or business proposal begins to diminish. So why is it advisable that we, you pitch to your family members on this idea? They are not ultimately your target audience. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. And you did highlight very important things, especially on the problem solving thing. You're trying to solve a problem and you're the solution. And about the target audience thing. Thank you so much for that. Now you have been very, um, you have given us very nice things to, you know, you've advised us very well. And I love, you know, what you've been talking about. So what is your parting shot? Okay. So uh, I would like, my parting shot is one is, you must know that cash is king. As a small business owner, you must know that cash is king must ensure to have enough cash flow to run your business. Ensure to have um, cash flow. There must be cash movement in your small business. And also remember, it is not the volume of money or revenue you make that determines the success of your business. I'll say that again. It is not the volume of money or revenue you make that determines the success of your business. Appropriate planning, appropriate budgeting is what helps a business scale. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much. So where can people find you? Maybe on social media, a website? Yes, uh, you can find me on, on Instagram. I am Ede Blessing. I am Ede Blessing. Just at Adam Ede Blessing, you see me over there. You can go over to our website, uh, skillfactoryafrica.com Skillfactory Africa is a platform that empowers small business owners and youth uh, on, on new skills that will help you boost your business. So you can go over to skillfactoryafrica.com and you have a variety of courses that will help you scale in your business. And of course, you can also go over to Facebook, search for my name, Blessing at Demarcator, you find me on Facebook. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, well, there you have it. Everything you need to know about managing money in your small business. Now, do check out the Biz Attic, a fantastic podcast by Vijana Tupo Initiative, which has greater insight on the business topics. Do follow Vijana Tupo Initiative on Instagram and check out their website for more updates on the Money Attic and more lessons. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pierre. Have a good day and thank you for this. Thank you very much.